Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Amen. Amen. Great job, team. Jesus Christ, our living hope. Man, Jesus Christ, our living hope. Amen. I could just keep saying that over and over. And somebody say, man, Pastor Jason, you preached a good sermon today. (laughs) Jesus Christ, our living hope. That's all we have to do. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father. We are excited about what you are doing in our midst this morning. We're excited about lives being transformed. We are excited about people coming to know you as their personal Lord and Savior. We are excited about your Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us, shows us everything that concerns us. And we thank you for the word over this church of provision and harvest. That word resonates with each and every one of us. You are the Lord of provision and harvest. Everything that we need for the journey, we thank you for it. Everything we need, we thank you for it. And Father, we just pray that our eyes will be open, our ears will be open, and most importantly, that our hearts will be open to receive your word that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Anybody glad that they came to church today? Yeah, I am excited to be at church. I'm telling you what, God is moving big time in our midst, in our city, specifically even in our church, week after week after week, there is a miraculous miracle, if that even makes sense, miraculous miracle that occurs. God is doing so many amazing things. Last week we prayed for hands. The week before we prayed for necks. We've been praying for elbows. I mean, we have been praying for financial miracles, and God is showing up big time. He is showing up big time. It's nothing that we're doing. It's what he is doing. He is doing amazing things. And the word and the series that we're in right now is called Provision and Harvest. And what provision is, as we've been talking about this, is it's everything that we need for our journey. Each and every one of us is on a journey, some kind of journey that you are on in your life. He is taking you this way. He's taking you that way. And on that journey... You are able to meet people, and you are able to witness to people, and you are able to provide your testimony to people. And what provision and harvest is all about is giving you everything that you need for the journey that God has you on. Everything that you need. Not just financially, not just physically, but every single thing that you need for that journey, which includes love, joy, peace, patience, all of it. All nine fruit of the Spirit. That's provision. That fruit of the Spirit is provision. Fruit is provision, is it not? Fruit is provision. It's a blessing. It's sweet to the taste. It's a wonderful thing to take 
on our journey. And we talked about some of these fruit are, it is a journey as we grow, as we grow over the course of time in some of these things. And so the first thing we looked at a couple weeks back was that in Luke chapter 5, that God has provided the provision of finances. He has provided the provision of finances in our lives. He is taking care of every need. He, is, he knows what you need before you need it. He is taking care of every need. The following week after that, we talked about John chapter 5 and the provision of healing. Jesus is the healer. Jesus has not changed, church. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. He was the healer back in these, new, these early scriptures. He's the same healer today. He is our healer. And last week, we looked at the provision for peace. And we talked about how the Lord provides peace in our life when we walk our lives with him. We talked about the story of being in the boat when the winds and the waves were coming and Jesus was sleeping. Like, what? Jesus, what you, don't you know? Oh, he knows. He knows. And they trusted in him and Jesus said, peace, be still. And the wind and the waves have stopped. This morning we're going to look at the provision of patience. Yeah, yeah, I've got one yay, <clears throat> because most of you are just like, oh my goodness, do I have to really be patient while I wait for my prayer to be answered? Uh, yes. Is waiting for your prayer to be answered easy? Uh, no. Does it take time, effort, intentionality? Yes, it does. And what you think about was one of these of the fruit of the Spirit, fruit takes time to grow. It takes time to grow. You can't just plant the seed in the ground for a strawberry and say, ah, the next day a strawberry comes. No, it takes some time. It actually takes patience as you wait for the fruit to grow. And I want to talk about patience this morning. I want to talk about it out of the context of John chapter 11. And I want you to go there. But I just want to say a few things. You know, the world we live in, the economy we live in, the land that we live in, it makes patience hard. You know, we, I mean, some of you might actually be farmers. But the agrarian, if that's the right word, society, there's not many farmers anymore. And a farmer really understood that you had to put a seed in the ground and you had to be patient. You couldn't put the seed in the ground one day and dig it up the next day and say, well, it's not working. You had to be patient. You had to rely on God for the sun to shine. You had to rely on God to water. But today, we get ourselves so wrapped up in instantaneous everything. I can tell you one of the greatest, and I'm not complaining about some of this stuff. I'll tell you what. The, one of the greatest inventions ever for instant stuff is the Keurig coffee machine. <laughs> How many of you have a Keurig anywhere in your possession? I mean, come on. You guys know the beauty of the Keurig, right? You wake up in the morning, you don't have to be patient. You don't have to wait for this thing to brew or to put a filter in or grind. I mean, you just walk down there into your kitchen, right? 
this is, at least this is me. Maybe you guys are like awake when you wake up. Groggily walk into the kitchen. Hopefully I have remembered to have it all set up the night before. And then I can be patient for 45 seconds while that thing is going. What happens is I'm not patient is when I forget to fill the water container up. Or there's no more coffee pods around. Going, what, are you kidding me? How could we not have a coffee pod? And it's things like the Keurig machine, which I love. But every bit of our life is instantaneous. How many of you send a text and you're a little bit upset if you don't get a response within like five seconds. Come on. You do. It's instant. It's like, what, what do you mean? That, I know they got it. The read receipt is on. I saw that they saw it. I saw that they saw it and they didn't respond to me. I demand response immediately. This is what we do. I'm, guys, I do it too. I'm with you. You know, or you call and they didn't answer the phone. What? I, I know where they are. I know where they are. They can answer that phone. Or if you're, you're trying to get a hold of somebody and, you, and they're not answering the phone, you just get so upset, right? We do this. And so the Lord knew I was going to be talking about patience this morning. Yes, he did. And so did my wife. <laughs> he knew I was going to be talking about patience. And we needed an oil change really badly in our Honda Odyssey. It's, you know, it's actually the, the little light came on and says, hey, hello, it's like way past due, maintenance your darn car, okay? So we're like, yes, I'm going to do the oil change. So I'm going to the drive-up Jiffy Lube. You know, the one like the, you just drive right up, you don't have to wait at all, usually. And you just sit right in there and you're just good to go. And so I'm coming in and I have line of sight to this Jiffy Lube, quick fill, whatever it is, change my oil, and there's nobody in line. Nobody in line. And I actually potentially did even a little dance in the car as I was trying to make the left-hand turn waiting for oncoming traffic. I was like, oh, yeah, and nobody in line. God is good all the time. He's got me covered. I'm literally like, I am super excited about this. And then I see the oncoming traffic. Someone starts slowing down. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. The blinker goes on. Are you kidding me? What are the chances this car is going to pull in front of me at the Jiffy Lube oil change? Oh, yes. She turns in. She turns right in. And Liz looks at me. She goes, you're preaching on patience, aren't you? It's like, oh, dear Lord, let me be patient. Let me be patient. It is difficult. We want everything. We want it right away. We stand in line at the grocery store, and we always pick the wrong line. Do you not? You always pick the wrong line. No matter what line you're in, it's the wrong one. Now, how is it possible that every one of us has the same problem? Like, statistically, it doesn't make sense. Somebody, somebody out there must pick the right line, like, every time. I don't know where you are. But if you have some way to pick them, the trick, please let me know. I get upset when my internet's running slow. Ask my kids. I start jamming on my phone. Start hit. I mean, we live in an instantaneous world. But you see, God doesn't work always instantaneously. We have to develop fruit in our life. And it takes time, it takes effort, it takes intentionality. What I've learned long ago, and I continue to learn, that my timing is not always the best. 
Our timing is not the best. We may think, it just makes sense. Logically, this makes sense. This is when this should happen. This is exactly when it should happen. And it doesn't. You're like, I don't understand. And then God shows up in his perfect timing. In his perfect timing. And delivers what you need, when you need it. And you look back and say, okay, Lord. I got it. That doesn't make going through that journey sometimes any easier. But if we can remember what God has done, if we can remember that he is faithful, if we can remember of these things I'm going to talk to you about this morning, of what we can do while we're waiting for the prayer to be answered, our lives can grow fruit of patience. We don't get to walk through life getting everything we want exactly when we want it. So this message applies to all of us, including me. Story after story in the Bible, Abraham, he had to wait 25 years to have the son that God had promised him. 25 years. How many of you have been waiting 25 years for something? Some of us. It's a long time. How did Abraham do waiting? Eh. Oops. Not so much. So, hey, he's human, man. But church, he is considered the father of faith. He's, okay, so God's telling us it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay, we're going to mess up. Abraham, the father of faith, messed it up. But God still delivered the promise. He will still deliver the promise because he is faithful and he is true to his word. And when he says his word, it has to happen. He said it. He told Abraham the word. It has to happen. 25 years he had to wait. Noah took him, the, the experts say, around 75 years or more to build the ark. Are you kidding me? Like home improvement project? (laughs) Motorcycle, like, rebuild? 75 years? Are you kidding me? And the crazy part of it, the crazy part of it is that it never rained before. And so people must look at him like, what are you talking, what are you doing? What are you, is this even, like making laughing and making fun of him? But he stood by because God's word comes true. God's word is fulfilled. Did you know I was coming this time? Today I did not. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to keep this short. And um, so it's February and I'm about 21 years old. And um, I was single for like, I don't know, a half a day. And um, there's a nice boy and he wants to take me out. He wants to date me, and he is a good-looking boy, construction worker, blonde, curly hair, nice to look at. This is not me, if you haven't figured and that out. And I get, I, get, I get a word from, and I put it in quotes because one of them was for my brother, but, you know, he's a spirit-led guy, and he said, Liz, just take a breath. Just take a breath. Take six months and just focus on your walk with the Lord, and don't, don't just date because you can. Mm. Not, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. A, a separate person from church who had no, he came to me, same, same exact thing. Liz, just take six months. Take six months. Well, I did not listen because I just figured, why should I sit home, you know, weekend after weekend when I've got this nice looking boy who wants to take me out and pay for my movie and my dinner? If you, I don't know if it was February 3rd. If you fast forward six months, August 3rd, that is our dating anniversary. What happened in that six months from February 3rd to August 3rd was so much drama with me extricating myself from construction boy to get 
to the one that God had for me. And when he came on the scene, it was, I was just like, well, we can be friends. My mom said, oh, he's such a nice boy. I'm like, yeah, you know, he's all right. <laughs> and it's so funny because I, I had, I knew what God had for me and it was a marriage. He had, he had spoken to me about what my marriage would be and my family. And I grew up in a really, really rough home. So it was a word from the Lord. It was something that he planted in my heart. But when it was right in front of me, I, I honestly didn't see it. I didn't, I was looking for it everywhere. And then when it was there, I almost missed it. And I didn't have patience. Now, maybe 21, I mean, maybe it's harder to have patience when you're young. And I honestly do think that's true because it grows, it grows. But Abraham had to wait 25 years. I failed to wait even like three days, (laughs) but God, I mean, God was faithful. faithful. He was faithful. And I learned, um, how to take seriously when, seasoned people speak into my life. And then when it has confirmation, um, the patience was worth it. It was well worth it. And I, I really felt led to share that story. One, because it's sweet, you know, and you were worth the wait. You're welcome. Um, in that six months, he got punched in the face by the construction boy. Okay. There was a, I mean, when I say there was drama, when when she says drama, this is like for real drama. Tears, Tears yeah. and punches thrown. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, there was drama. But in the yeah. end, God, <laughs> God's will was done. Okay. And, um, I mean, I felt terrible. Not the punch in the face. I don't think that was God's will. That was, that was more... You took it well, and I it was did. impressive. I, oh, thank you. And you didn't punch him back. I, well, I wanted to. I know you did. <laughs> so God is faithful. Amen. All right. He is good. So John chapter 11, boy, I'll tell you the whole story someday about that and Taekwondo and how it all relates together, but we're not going to get into that this morning. There was a lot of drama. John chapter 11, what I want to do is I want to read through, and this is kind of how I've been preaching recently, I just want to read through a certain portion of the scripture and stop for a moment and just talk about it. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. You see, part one, step one, if you're taking notes, step one to having patience, step one to fulfilling this walk and going through this is to take patience your request to the Lord. It's the very first thing you have to go do. Because in life, there are many challenges. In life, there are many issues. In life, many things happen that you can't control over. And step one is to take your request to God. You see, what they did immediately when he was sick, they said they sent a message to Jesus. Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, verse 4, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. You see, when we take our request to the Lord, he immediately answers it based on his word. Church, he hears your request immediately. Just because it doesn't get answered immediately, just because you don't see the manifestation of it immediately, does not mean that he hasn't immediately heard your request. 
And I'm telling you now that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And every time you send that prayer request up, he is giving you the word right back on it. This is what Jesus said right away. He said, this sickness is not unto death. His promise for this situation. Now, was Lazarus in this situation healed immediately? We're going to find out he was not. But Jesus spoke that immediately. Yeah, Jesus' word will not return void. So when you send up your prayer requests, the scriptures that pertain to it, you speak those over that situation, and they will not return void. So he says, the sickness will not uh, be unto death, but for the glory of God. Uh Uh-oh. For the glory of God. Wait a second. So not only is this going to happen, it's going to happen so that there is a testimony that comes out of it. A testimony. And many times, church, our testimony sometimes gets better with time. It does. It does. Unfortunately, sometimes we have to go through stuff a little bit longer than maybe we want. But when he takes us out of it on the other side, we have grown so much and we can look back and say, ah, glory to God. You know, the word promises that he will take us through every circumstance. Through every circumstance, not around it, not over it. You don't always get to skate by it, but through every circumstance. See, Jesus responded immediately. As soon as he heard, he responded immediately. Same thing when we pray. God is working on it right away. So step two is we need to trust that God has the request when we send it to him. Trust that he has it. Pray and then trust that he has it. It's like a pitcher and a catcher. You throw that ball and he catches it. Like a quarterback and a wide receiver. He's got it. He's got it. He's got it. Verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. And her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Now you're like, what? Are you serious? Like, Jesus, I am calling on you. I need deliverance from this situation immediately. But Jesus waited two more days. You think, what? Why would he do that? Sometimes God doesn't answer immediately. He's working on it so that the testimony that comes out on the other side glorifies him even more. Even greater. If you notice, when they sent this request out, Lazarus was just sick. But he waited. And actually, Lazarus has now been, he passes away. And so, so often during our life, we don't see the prayer request answered right away. And we just see something that, we, that looks dead. But God. But Jesus. He delivers on his promise. So he stays there two more days in the place where he was. And after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The Lord loved him so much that he stayed. Wait a second. What happened? You see, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. It is his perfect timing. He knows the perfect timing in your life. He knows the perfect timing in your circumstance, in your situation. It's not always ours. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews, this is verse 8, sought to stone you. 
and you are going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after he said, after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. So step three here is after we pray and after we trust God, we need to continue to walk in the light. We need to continue to walk in the light. What does that mean? Not walking in darkness, not walking in fear, not walking in concern and worry, dwelling on the, but walking in the light. Walking by God's word. Seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness and what he has to say about the situation. We must walk in the light. Verse 12. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get well. Let him sleep. Verse 13, however, Jesus spoke of his death when they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, you know what, guys? I got some information for you. Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there that you may believe. God works miracles so that you will believe. He works miracles, I've said this before, to arrest the attention of us, of unbelievers. These miracles occur and it snaps us out of a sleep. It says, this is real. This is real. Jesus knows exactly what's going on. He knows far more than we know about each and every situation happening in your life. Church, he knows what's going on in your life. He knows. You see, Jesus came to give life and give life more abundantly. Verse 16, then Thomas who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go that we may die with him. So now they're starting to talk negative talk. They're starting to talk, you know, oh my goodness, this is terrible. Not only is Lazarus dead, now Jesus wants us to go with him, and we're going to die along the way because they're after us. And how many of us, while we're waiting for our prayer requests to come to fruition, start saying negative things. Oh boy. Oh my goodness. I guess, oh, I guess God doesn't want this to happen. I guess this is not going to be good. Oh, I guess this dream is dead. God's saying, no, 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 no. He delivers on his promises. He says, let's go so we can die with him. Step three, we got to continue, continue to watch what we say, and to speak life in our situation. Verse 17. And so when Jesus came, he found that he already had been in the tomb for four days. So now he waited two days. The guy's already been in the tomb two days. We don't know how long the travel was. I didn't do the research on that. But Bethany, which was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. See, Lazarus is dead four days. It's too late. They're crying. They're upset. It's over. It's too late. This relationship, it's too far gone. This dream, too far gone. Verse 20. Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went to him, but Mary was sitting at the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, if you, if you just would have been here, 
this wouldn't have happened. And when our prayer requests don't get answered right away, we start blaming God. We do. I do it. We start, I can't believe it. I can't believe this hasn't happened yet. We begin to blame God. If you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Step four, we need to believe in faith. We need to believe that he is who he says he is and that he'll do what he says he will do. We have to believe it. We have to pray and then trust, walk in the light, and then believe. Believe that he's heard that request. Believe that he's working on it. Believe that he's going to take care of it. Believe that it's not in our timing, but his timing. And he is going to work the miracle. Not what we do, not after our toil, but what he will do. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. What did he say initially when it happened? This is not unto death. He says here, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know he'll rise again at the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling you. As soon as she heard that, she arose and quickly came to him. As soon as Jesus was calling, she quickly went to him. So during this time of waiting and of patience, when Jesus is speaking to us through the Holy Spirit, we must quickly do what he's asking us to do. See what he's asking us to do. Do what he's asking us to do. Quickly she went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews, verse 31, if you're following with me, then the Jews who were with her in the house were comforting her. And when they saw that Mary rose up quickly, they went out following her, saying she is going to the tomb to weep there. You see, people make a lot of assumptions when we start doing what God has asked us to go do while we're waiting for the prayer request to happen. They were assuming she was going one place, but she was going somewhere else. She was going to the feet of Jesus. We need to go to the feet of Jesus while we're waiting for the prayer request to manifest in our life. It's the only place that we can go. We need to go to the feet of Jesus. Verse 32, Then Mary came where Jesus was and saw him. She fell down at his feet. Church, we need to fall down at the feet of Jesus. Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 33, Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit. He was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? Church, God loves you so much. He loves you so much. He sent his son to die on the cross for you. To forgive you of all your sins. Verse 35 says, Jesus wept. He wept. Jesus weeps when you're going through challenges. He knows what's going to happen on the other side, but he loves you so much. He feels the pain that you're going through. 
He walked this earth. He gets that having patience is difficult. He understands when you mess up. It takes time and effort for this fruit to grow. And he wept. And then some said to him, could this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone laid against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. The prayer request is about to be answered. Church, your prayer requests are about to be answered. I can't tell you exactly when, if it's this afternoon, if it's tomorrow, if it's next week, next month, or even next year, but it's going to be answered because he is faithful and he is good. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench. He's been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, I did not say that that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. See the glory of God. Then they took the stone away from the place where the dead man was lying. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me because the people who are standing by said this, that they may believe that you sent me. In verse 43, now when he had said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out different translations. Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave claws, and his face was wrapped with a cloth, and Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Do you see? Everyone thought it was over. Everyone expected this is it. It's over. It's not going to happen. But God. But Jesus. But God. But Jesus, worship team, if you want to come back up, this prayer request got answered the moment that they prayed it. If we could believe, if we could see that when our prayers that are aligned with the will of God, when we send them forth to him, they are answered the moment that we pray them. But you see, we don't get to see the manifestation of that immediately Every time. And so church this morning, what I'm going to ask is that while we wait, while we wait and tarry for that prayer request to have manifestation, the next step we have to do is worship. We have to worship while we wait. We have to worship while we wait because what, we, what happens when we worship is we put our eyes on him. And we take our eyes off of ourselves. We put our eyes on the one who can and will deliver on his promises. And it takes the eyes off of ourselves. So what are those steps again? We have to take our request to God. We have to trust that he has it covered. We have to walk in the light. We have to believe in faith. And we have to worship while we wait. We have to worship while we wait. Church, stand with me this morning. I'm going to ask you a question. If you knew the prayer request that you have in the Lord's hands was going to be answered the moment you walked out of here, how would you worship?
How would you worship? You'd be crazy. You'd be crazy. This thing that you've been asking for, believing for, working on having patience for, how would you worship if you knew it was going to happen? You see, church, we have to believe that he is who he says he is. And he will deliver on those promises. And we have to worship while we wait. Your prayer request may get answered this afternoon. It may get answered tomorrow. It may get answered next month. But we can worship while we wait. And so I want to practice that this morning. As a church family, I want to worship one more time today. This whole atmosphere has been filled with worship all morning. You have a prayer request, each and every one of us does, that has not been answered yet. This morning, let's worship while we wait for that to come to fruition. Thank you, Father. We worship you. Church, we worship him this morning. He hears our prayers. He knows our requests. He's working on them. Put your trust in him this morning. Worship him while we wait. Worship him while we wait. Father, your perfect timing, not ours. Your perfect timing, not ours. We worship you while we wait. We worship you while we wait. Lord, you are good and you do good. Your mercies are new every day. You are for us and not against us. You are working on every prayer request that is in front of you. You are working on it this morning. And as we worship you this morning, you are opening up the doors of heaven. You are making new paths and new ways for these prayer requests to be answered. You are calling people home to you. You are calling those who have walked away from you back this morning. There is healing available this morning in your body. There is provision available to you in your finances. And the Lord is saying all we have to do is worship. If you have a need in your life, just lift your hands up and worship Him. Just worship Him this morning. He's taking care of that need right now. Oh, Father, thank You. You are taking care of every need. We worship You. Our patience comes from You. We worship You. We thank You for it. We thank You for it. Thank You, Lord. With every head bowed and every person's eyes closed. If this morning you would say, Pastor Jason, I'm here this morning and I have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I've never made that decision to say, you know what, I believe that He is the Son of God. I believe He came down. And He died on that cross for me. And I believe that God rose Him from the grave so that I can live for eternity with Him. I believe He is my Savior. If you would say, I have sinned, I have fallen short, every one of us has. But Jesus... 
Only Jesus can save us. Only Jesus can save us. If that's you this morning, just slip your hand up. Say, I've never made that decision in my life. Not one time, I've not made that decision. Anyone at all. I'll just give a minute. Praise God. Praise God. We're nearly full of saints. Imagine when all the unbelievers start coming in. I encourage you, invite somebody. Invite somebody that you know that needs Jesus. And bring them to church. Build a relationship with them. And bring them to church. As we close this morning, I have small group leaders that are making their way up. They're going to be up here to pray for you. I truly believe as we are worshiping, there were several of you that have had a manifestation of healing in your life. And this morning, I feel like the Lord was speaking to us about our heart. So I'm telling you, when we were worshiping, someone's broken heart, someone's broken heart this morning was restored and made whole. And I don't know who that was. It's okay if you want to share that with me this morning. You can meet me here afterwards. But someone who had a broken heart was made whole this morning. So Father, as we close tonight, or this morning, we love You, we praise You, we thank You for who You are. We worship You while we wait. And we trust in You that You are who You say You are and You will do what You say You will do. And we love You and we praise You and we worship You. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Come on up front if uh, you would like some prayer. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today. And always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.